Welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. This week, me, Contrera and Nick have a discussion about a concept called fridging, which you may have read or heard about. Like the Beckdale test, women in refrigerators, colloquially known as fridging, also originated in comic books. The writer Gail Simone noticed that in an edition of Green Lantern, uh, the Green Lantern's girlfriend, Alexandra DeWitt, was killed by Major Force, who was the comic book villain, and then stuffed in the refrigerator. And she started to realise that this was something that happened quite frequently in comics, and that has now translated to TV and film. Nick and I talk about the test for working out whether a woman has been fridged in a film and we also go over lots of classic movies to decide whether these actually are fridging incidents and to what extent is that detrimental to feminism and also to anyone's enjoyment of a film because the thing about fridging is that it's actually much more complicated than it first looks sometimes it's really insidious and it can take many forms. So without further ado, here's our discussion. Right, so I think the first thing to do is to decide what fridging actually is. So I'm going to read this three-step test from a website called theartifice.com. You ready? Yes. One, a female character, brackets, not just limited to a love interest is killed, sexually assaulted, depowered, or brutally injured beyond repair. Two, a villain is responsible for the woman's death and only does it to provoke the hero. Three, the woman's death provides vengeful motivation for the hero to defeat or kill the villain. So are we clear on that? Yes. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite detailed. Yeah, um, so let me get this right. It... In order for it to be fridging, it has it has to satisfy all three of those. Yes. So the killer is the kill. So the wait a minute, the female character is killed, or sexually assaulted, or brutally or, injured, or depowered. I don't know what that means, right. but you know, has no agency. Okay. So any of those. Yeah, okay, then the rest of it sort of makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a villain yeah. is responsible for it. Yeah. To, but, but only does it to provoke only the hero. Only does it to provoke the hero. I think that's where the fridging concept comes in. And then the woman's death provides vengeful motivation for the hero to defeat or kill the villain. So, like, it's it's a complicated test because I think it could fail at any stage, yeah. really, and not be fridging. Yeah. Um, and but I think the general essence is that... It's about using a female character, reducing a female character to a story plot device. Yeah. Removing yeah. their agency and, you know, role in the plot other than as a weapon or toy that's used by a villain, whomever that may be, to hurt a hero. And yeah. then the hero then has an emotional journey uh against the villain. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, yeah, like a, a a female character being a pawn in a game. Yeah, a revenge game. Yeah. And it doesn't sense. it doesn't necessarily have to be a female character, but the issue with Ridging is that um and we were discussing this off mic, it's very hard to find an occasion where it's a male character that is yeah. the victim of I mean this. I guess we'll we'll get to that yeah. uh, later. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it sort of it 
kind of it is an easy win to be able to do that, isn't it? Because it's, it's an obvious provoker for a hero, I suppose. For a heterosexual male yeah. hero. Yeah. Um, and so now I think maybe we should go through um, a couple of films and where you think the potential fridging yeah. incident yeah. happens. Yeah, let's do that, yeah. Um, so so uh, the one you, we won't know about because we haven't seen the film is Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. And that's what... Um, uh that's where this that's why this has come into the news recently and um fridging came about originally through comic books yeah so of course deadpool being a a movie based on the comic book even well you know however they they make them now um uh and and there is it, it had the opportunity to kind of take the piss out of fridging and kind of bring more attention to it and instead there was a female character uh, Deadpool's love girlfriend, spoiler alert, who um, is then removed from the plot. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, because another thing I think we need to talk about, and we'll get to these examples, is that actually it's a removal from the plot. It isn't necessarily death. Because the first example that's just come to mind in in order to show that is The Abyss. So tell me where you think the frigid well, might yeah. occur. Well, yeah. So this is the, the we're talking about the James Cameron film from the from the eighties here with Mary Elizabeth Manstrantel and Ed Harris. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that it's the death, her death, or he had her theoretical death. I mean, I think if I remember the scene correctly, um, that they end up stuck in a in a in a submersible, which is slowly filling with water, um, freezing water. Um, Ed Harris has a uh, an oxygen suit on. She doesn't, and there is no one available. Meaning she is going to die. She she dies, drowns in the water. He drags her back, then manages to resuscitate her, and thereafter goes and finds some aliens down a trench. Basically, she does. She sort of dies and comes back. It's it's a it's a funny old thing. He's definitely quite emotionally involved in this. The relationship between those two, by the way, are they they are husband and wife, or they were husband and wife. They're sort of estranged, and now they're kind of back together, but under duress, if you like. That's a whole other different trope, but probably not one that yeah. we have a problem with. So let's establish. So uh, there are definitely websites and people out there who believe this is fridging, mm. but do we believe this is fridging? Is there a villain that caused this? Is well, it the alien entity... <laughs> the, there is there is a villain. The, the the, the, there is a okay. There is a villain involved. It's uh, Michael Bean's character who, and the, one of the reasons why the submersible fills with water is they they collide and they crash, and he ends up dying as a consequence of this. Michael did, Bean. Did he deliberately want to kill her? No, I don't think so. He he's no. just gone a bit crazy as as it so happens, right. and she's kind of collateral damage in, in all of this. Although he is a pretty nasty character, so he probably would have wanted to kill her at some point. Okay, so te- so step one. She is removed from the plot for a period of the film. Yeah, not long. But she does come back. Yeah. Okay. Step two, a villain, the villain, did sort of cause this, but he didn't deliberately do it just to cause Ed Harris's character Yeah, and harm. I think, I mean, using using that definition that we just looked at, I yeah. suppose the bit where it gets slightly caught out is is the bit of um, doing it to sort of antagonise the hero, mm. which I don't really think was part of the plot there so step three passes he's there's an emotional investment ed harris needs in getting revenge so that so kind of one is sort of fulfilled part one part three is fulfilled but part two we're not quite sure if it's if she is 
But could it have been another character? Yes, it could. I, Would I, it have I, had the same emotional resonance? I, I mean, I, I, I think there are sufficient characters in, in, the, in the film for it to have been another one. Would it have had the same emotional resonance? I, I, I don't know, because there is that, that whole... That there, is, there is a sort of love-hate relationship between those two, and, and the film go, is sort of is insinuating all along that you want them to get together. By the way, I never did. I, I never really liked <laughs> I thought they were a really bad match in that film. They've been um, there, done that once. Uh, Estranged. Now, well, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not as if Michael Bean's character, it's not as if he, he actually tries to kill her to antagonise Ed Harris. He's not really doing that. She, they, they just happen to be caught in a crash. He, he goes a bit crazy, tries to launch a nuclear weapon. She, <laughs> she effectively gets just caught in the crossfires. In, in reality, it could have been the other way around. It could have actually been Ed Harris that, that died, actually. Yeah. So that, there's a question for you. Had it been yes. the other way around, would, it have, would, would the plot have still held up? Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Well, that, um, I think that's then that makes it fridging because this seems to happen ninety nine times out of a hundred to a female character. Yeah, but yeah. she's 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 not brutalized. She's not raped, um, and perhaps it didn't deliberately happen solely to antagonize the hero. Mm. So let's say the abyss question mark is it fridging mm. okay now let's go to one where i think this is likely to be a bit more traditional cliffhanger so that's <laughs> a film with sylvester stallone which i absolutely loved when i was I did, younger when it came out, had some great one-liners like i remember something about him saying he had money to burn when he had those bags full of money and then had to light a fire to keep himself warm and like um my sister and i used to quote that the film back to us <laughs> which is ridiculous back to each other which is like ridiculous because of course we were young and we didn't know what we were watching so talk me through the potential fridging well it's that. it's <clears throat> I, well i okay so there is, I think the one we, we want to talk about. I will mention another one actually, because I, I, I was thinking about this. But okay, the, one, well, the, on. the, the one we want to talk about is the one at the beginning, isn't it? Uh, yes. With with Sylvester Stallone and I forget the yeah that chap's says it name. all yeah um, with the blonde hair. No, I, I, oh. I'm the 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 guy that uh, I don't know what his name is. He played um, he's in um, Henry Portrait like a serial killer. Tell me, it? tell me the fridging. And um, I'll the tell fridging you the is name. Um, so the the background is that uh, Sylvester Stallone's friend um, has a girlfriend, and they basically they're climbers and they. Go up on a mountain, and it's all a big bit of excitement for this. So, Sylvester Stallone's friends are experienced climbers. She's not, but hey, she's in safe hands, right? Something goes horrendously wrong, and she ends up sort of holding on for dear life onto Sylvester Stallone's hand. Yes, and a great. Um, there's a bit shot. of an argument about what the right thing to do, and that's important yeah. because it because Sylvester Stallone does his hero thing. It doesn't quite work out. Mm. She falls to her death. Is it Janine Turner? It could be. I don't or remember. Or is it Caroline Goodall? I remember Janine Turner being in the film. I don't remember. But I do remember after that, um, the the two the two main male characters, the two heroes, as it were, um, become very annoyed at each other, Sylvester Stallone and... Michael Rooker? Michael Rooker, yeah. Yeah. In a way, she dies to form that kind of tension between them. Yes. Uh, because they are so, best of friends before then. 
one, she's killed. But is she killed because of Michael Rooker's character? Or because of John Lithgow, who's the big No, No, she's not. She's killed because of an action by Sylvester Stallone um, doing the wrong thing or the right thing or, you know, that argument that climbers have about the right thing to do at a certain time. Do you cut the rope? Do you not? And he makes basically the wrong call and she falls for her death. And Michael Rooker never really forgives Sylvester Stallone for that. Okay. But it's got nothing to do with John Lithgow, who... uh, Who is the big bad Who's the big bad Okay, so it's... Number one, dubious. Number two, uh, no, not by a villain as such. But number three, as in to further the emotional journey of Sylvester Stallone's character. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, here we go into that definition again. Does it strictly meet that particular definition of fridging? Not necessarily, but she does die to to effectively create that pl- a critical plot element between the. Michael Rooker and Sylvester Sloan, which is important to the rest of the film. So when we talk about the Bechdel test, we normally say that in order to pass the Bechdel test, you have to pass all three tests. Mm. But looking at fridging, it's a possibility that it might still exist even if you don't meet all three of these branches of the test. Yeah, because it, it, it feels me- like it... If it feels like Yeah, fridging. I mean, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> if really? it feels cold, it's cold. Yeah, if it feels like a fridge, then it's a fridge. Yeah. Okay, so we have one... We have a couple of... Um, incidents here where some people might call it fridging and it's certainly in my opinion fridging by script writers directors producers i think it's forget about the forget about what the the plot is there is a you know it's like an inciting incident a narrative device in order to explain an emotional journey for a male hero i think it's an easy thing to do to say if you want to create tension between two male characters a woman is the obvious way to do it. A woman's Male, death or heterosexual what, yeah. characters yeah. and the, the woman being in somehow yeah. related yeah. to the man. Doesn't have to be heterosexual, could be a daughter. So I think next chronologically, the example I can think of is Gladiator. Oh, yes. So I think Gladiator is probably going to tick every... I, I suspect so, yes. I mean, he, you know, you know he, his... Maximus Decimus, yeah. whatever his name is. Something. Where is it? Maximus Decimus Gladiator. (laughs) Yeah, he says it all the time. I've forgotten. It's been a while since I saw the film. So, Russell Crowe, being skinny, nice haircut, Mm -hmm. back in the day, has a wife and a child. I think it's a son. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the beginning of the film, it's pretty early on, they are massacred. Uh, Well, what happens is, it is early on in the film, because obviously the, 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 the... I think following the death of um, Richard Harris, uh, Marcus Aurelius, and the rise of Commodus, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Joaquin um, Phoenix obviously, obviously regards Russell Crowe as a threat, thinks he's killed him, whatever, and then decides, well, I can't have his family kicking around either, so I'm going to go and kill his um, wife and son. Now, does she get raped, or is she just... I'm sure she had her throat slit or something. I, it's not a pretty it's not. It's not shown, but I'm... Yeah. But um, Joaquin Phoenix does... There is a line later on mm-hmm. when he does reference that um, the, the Roman soldiers do, do rape her, whether he's telling the truth or whether he's just mm-hmm. saying that to get a rise out of Maximus, you don't really know. But I think you are led to believe that. Mm-hmm. Am I not merciful? So, um, what did you say his name was? 
Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, character. Commodus. Commodus, which sounds a bit like Commode. So he he's was named a real after Roman a emperor. toilet. Real Roman emperor. Also, the toilet was named after... I don't oh, know. Oh, that works on so many levels. I don't know if it's named okay, after Commodus. So, to- Toiletus, he so one brutal murder of character we barely know. Very pretty. Not, Looks nice. Not really. Doesn't even have a line, I don't believe, does she? Yeah, don't know what her name is, you know. Um, I do remember some scenes. I remember it really worked from an imagery point of view I can remember yeah. because he has flashbacks I think all the yeah, way through he does. the he does um, he, no, he doesn't even see it but he, he, he yes. has but he's like mentally yeah. tortured by it okay so number one brutal murder yeah number two caused by the villain in order to provoke the or maybe not provoke the hero but to hurt in a, the in, a, in a roundabout way yeah. I, think, I think it ticks that yes yeah three gives an emotional arc absolutely yeah to the rest of the film. Now, I think at this point we should say we're not necessarily saying that you can't enjoy a film or a film can't be good if it has a frigging incident in it. The reason to discuss it is that frigging is something which, um, as I said earlier, occurs mostly to female characters. And it's something that many people, regardless of their gender or their interest, won't necessarily notice mm. because, you know, Gladiator was a really good film. And um, Russell Crowe's uh, portrayal was amazing. Yeah, and partly yeah. because yeah. because of the emotional journey and physical labours he goes through and, you know, willing to fight to the death. Um, in order to avenge the murder of his loved ones. But the issue with fridging is that it denies female actresses and female characters more screen time and to have agency, Mm. and it reduces the character to a plot device, which I think ultimately might be seen as saying that female characters or women generally or um, you know uh, female identifying characters are less important in films yes um is there a counter argument to that well about the role of fridging it's a hard one isn't it i mean if you want to if you want to create if you want to if you want to create a provocative act that's going to cause a male character to do something um, killing a woman that he's close to is is an obvious way to do it I think that that's the thing um, particularly like your wife and your child yeah. that you know the the two as closest relationships yeah. you can and and out. and you know you, you I think with these films you, you you tend to want to create this this very this very intense drive I mean I'm a guardian is a good example of that of a man who will stop at nothing um, I'm 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 struggling to think of what else you might have used that would have caused that kind of drive that would have been believable at least. But maybe you could still have the drive. Maybe it's not fridging if the character has an arc of their own before they are killed. The problem is, yeah. is that this incident that happens that incites the journey often in you know many scripts that I read has to happen towards the beginning of the film because it has to give you that hook. Well, yeah, because the substance of the film yeah. is the revenge, isn't it? Yeah, and what I would say with Gladiator is that it's set in a certain time period where, it, you know, 
you couldn't you couldn't necessarily just flip the roles yeah you could i would enjoy that but i don't think that you can necessarily lay blame at the doors of uh ridley scott ridley scott it was ridley yeah. Scott, yeah um for not doing that because he was portraying things in a certain time i think that if you look at for example i've got i have two um comparables firstly 300 so lena hindi's yeah. character in that doesn't do any fighting. She's just married to um, Gerald Butler's character. Yeah, she's a queen, isn't she? She's the queen, yeah. yeah. And I still feel like she has... Well, she doesn't die, so there you go. So that's good. She's still at home when they have the whole phalanx battle at the end. But I feel like she's set at, a, you know, not the same time, but, you know, in ancient civilization times, and she still feels like she has a strong character arc of her own. Mm. I do think it could have been possible... To have given um, Maximus Decimus's wife a little bit more to go on. Yeah, well, she's largely absent from the plot in, entirely. I mean, I, 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 she's only ever really seen in sort of flashy kind of odd flashback yeah. images, and that's all you really get from it. Yeah, and on three hundred, so yeah, that's an interesting one because she does have a plot arc of her own. She's not that important though. Um, she, well, she is in, yeah, in the society. She, I mean, she isn't, in, in the scheme of the film itself, she isn't that important. There's no, no question. And, um, what's his, Leonidas, his name is, isn't it? Oh, well uh, done, yes. Uh, his, he, he, yeah, Gerard Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely toned up like yeah. you wouldn't believe. Let's face it, we're all thinking about abs. We are, we are. Yeah. Um, he's doing it for wholly different reasons. It's, I mean, his drive is, is a whole different thing. It's some kind of uh, odd sense of freedom and, and and democracy that, that the Persian also, Empire is challenging. Yeah, but it's also protecting his wife and his people. It is, it is. Yeah. But he, I, I get the feeling he's doing it out of some sort of kingly sense of, you know, must must protect freedom here. But that's because, that you're answering your question now, which is can you come up with a plot yeah. where you don't have to fridge a female character? Yes, and yes. you can, hello, 300? Yeah, you can, you can. Uh, although I would suggest you might need to be someone quite important in order to sort of come up with something like that. I think, I mean, we're talking sort of like kings and heads of state there. Yeah. But I still think that you had a character there which everyone remembers her role because she had more screen time and what she said, what she did with those lines was really good. And that was probably her audition for Game of Thrones. And look at the character we have now, Cersei Lannister. So if it wasn't for that role, maybe she wouldn't have been seen as a strong female lead and we wouldn't have things like Game of Thrones. So that's my first example of how you could do things differently. My second example is Seven. So Seven seven. has a potential fridging. um, And again, I'm not quite sure. So um, let's go through what we believe the fridging incident in Seven is. Well, it is the case of... So two... Two cops, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt is married to Gwyneth Paltrow, are yep. trying to, and the two cops are trying to hunt down uh, sort of the John Doe killer, who turns out to be um, Kevin Spacey, yeah. who is gradually creating these seven sin crimes. Yeah, he's killing people based um, on the seven yeah. deadly sins. Um, I think, and it, it, the plot develops, and, and Gwyneth Paltrow has has a pretty prominent role yeah. in the film. She's quite important to the development of. of her own, she had a pretty good plot arc there. It's, yeah. it's important to note her relationship with Brad Pitt and her relationship with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, she is the, um, the 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 final victim in John Doe's masterpiece of Seven Crimes. 
whereupon she's um, decapitated and her head is handed to uh, Brad Pitt. Which I think is very important just to bring up. You never see her head. You don't ever see and her head. And I could no. have sworn on a lie detector that I saw her head. I wonder again, a, who is this, David Fincher? Yeah, it is David yeah. Fincher. Yeah, so I, I think David Fincher must have done some very clever cinematography because I have this very like strong image of her head and then the box and it's not her head in the box. Um so, well, it was an emotional journey before this happened. And what's really important about this as a comparator um, uh, to Gladiator is that she, that happens at the end of the film. Yes, or at the, yeah. you know, the, the, at the very end, yes. pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And yes, it does, it is still fridging. Mm. It's important to know that it is still fridging because she has her head cut off and put in a box and she's pregnant. And there's like all these kind of things about whether there might be a fetus or something, I remember. So that he talks about, I remember John Doe says something about his unborn child, which I don't think Brad Pitt's character knew. So brutal, brutal death. One, tick. Two, caused by the villain. Yes. Yeah, uber villain, super villain, caused it deliberately just to piss off our hero, cop, beautiful Brad Pitt. Specifically piss him off to the yes. point where he would kill yes. Kevin Spacey. So, so yeah, yeah. Uh, um, three. Uh, this is where it cut. Yeah, it, it, it. I don't know whether this does pass because, um, well, pass or fail probably isn't the right word. Whether it, whether it is a fridging, <laughs> it's not the same as the Bechdel test. Um, uh, because the, it makes him do something emotional. Yes, but it's but normally fridging is reserved for giving a positive, well not positive, but you know, like a revengeful or sympathetic emotional arc for a character. And yes, you might say some people who are revenge prone would think, yes, okay, fine, I completely understand if my other half's head was chopped off, I might want to go and kill the perpetrator straight away, especially a lot of people in America who are big time into that. But this. It's not an emotional arc. It's an it, it triggers an emotional response yeah. event. So let's just say it, it 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 also ticks that box. Does the fact that does the fact that Kevin Spacey wanted Brad Pitt to kill him as a response to uh, that incident make a difference? I think it does. I think that and the fact that. Gwyneth Paltrow has quite a. She's not on screen for that long, but you can re- really she's remember still her quite developed though, isn't she? Roast and talking to both of them. Like, there's a whole separate issue here about how she's the she's the emotional heart of a woman. Women share their feelings, make men. Because the whole point is Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt's characters don't really talk. That yeah, much. and she bridges between yes. them, doesn't she? Yeah. So, but that's not fridging. That's just a different thing about you know women and men being personified with the different emotions that they have on film, but. She, it's not a gladiator idea. She is a, you know, a fully fleshed character and she was promoting the film and you would associate her with the film. So, and she and she's in it all the way through. Yeah. So I suppose the question is, is fridging okay in certain circumstances? Like oh, Seven. I'm, I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, we'll, we, we, I mean, we did discuss this this earlier on, and one, yeah. one of the sort of sort of points I've made about it is, I, I, I think part of the part of the issue is is that the main in probably ninety nine percent of cases, maybe mm-hmm. even more, it, it is a man um, taking revenge because of the death of a woman. Yes, um, and and you might argue that that's to do with the way that the roles are being cast in the first instance. 
if you inverted that and having it be a man that's killed or, or, or raped or, or any of that really, mm-hmm. and it's the woman that takes the revenge, is there? You know, do we sort of a fridging incident, but the other way around? Well, well, m- maybe, but I, I don't think we, we'd really sort of fuss too much about it. In fact, it might look quite original. Well, fridging was originally from comic books where it was a, it does, a, where it was a woman. Yeah, yeah. So you could say it has to be a woman, but I don't. I I I. I think that you can still have fridging if it was a gay relationship. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, you um, could, yeah. And I was going to get to this later if there's a um, parental or family relationship. Yeah. But the, the point is, nine times out of ten, it's a woman who's fridged, regardless of what her relationship. She has yeah. a relationship to the man. And is that because the, the, these roles of of the, the the revenge role is just given to the man? Is that is that predominantly the reason why? I think it might be because. There is an old, there is still an old fashioned point of view that men can't show emotional development unless there has been a strong direct cause or reason for it. Mm. And the death of a loved one or the rape or abuse of a loved one is a very strong, recognizable, motivating factor. Mm. But it seems that in order for a male hero, anti-hero, whomever, to carry on that journey, there has to you have to be hit over the head with an emotional yeah, response. Yeah, so yeah. I think it, it I think it tracks back a little bit to societal norms of men can't show emotion unless it's absolutely like someone's died or been abused. I suppose that makes sense, really, doesn't it? Um, it, it yeah, I, I think you're right. Actually, I think the the <laughs> And Seven's a good example of that, actually, of of because of, they are, you know, they are Morgan Freeman and and and, and Brad Pitt. They are, they are kind of disconnected, and, mm. it, and it's the woman that connects that you know connects them together. Um, you can you, you can sort of invert and say, would it have worked, for example, if it had been Brad Brad Pitt's head in that box? If Gwyneth Paltrow had been the detective in the first place, mm. yes. But the thing is, again, you're watching Seven, or I watch Seven, because it had Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt yeah. in it. And it was a traditional, you know, not, not necessarily buddy cop, but like, you know, odd couple yeah. cops. And it was a really clever story. But honestly, could it have worked with a female cop? Probably, I think that was probably. a well enough written story. Probably, yeah. Yes, yes I but think I, so. I think it's just gender norms. And also, like, you know... Uh, it's also about work. It's about job norms yeah. as well. Um, because, uh, like, I think around a similar time to that, you have to tell me if I'm right or not, was um, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's Like roughly. in the ballpark, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. that has a strong female lead. But I think it's the quintessential but, but, strong female yeah. lead, isn't it? But, there's, but there isn't... Um, uh, but she doesn't really have any buddy cops. Like she has various people that she's working with. But that's a relationship between her and Anthony Hopkins. Is the, actor. And is there any situation in that where male character dies and she's taking revenge? No, Not no. Really. I was just talking about. I only brought that up uh, one because um, she's a cop that came to mind. She's a female detective that came to mind. Other examples off the top of my head are Bone Collector yeah. and uh, Kiss the Girls, which both have one of them has Angelina Jolie and the other has Ashley Judd. Mm. And then one is Morgan Freeman and the other one's Denzel Washington. And they're both brilliant films that I love where you have a female and a, yeah. a male lead. And it's quite interesting that it's like, you know, white, 
woman with black with dark hair because blondes can't be detectives and black man to show yeah. how radical they're being by having yeah. someone of ra- uh, yeah. um uh, non-white uh so um yeah so there are examples of those but most of the time it's two male cops but brad pitt was the draw here i would have said that lots of people regardless of their gender or sexual orientation would like to see brad pitt kill Kevin Spacey's character or be the be the hard bitten detective. Oh, no, Whereas I they're not know. necessarily gonna to want to see Gwyneth Paltrow in the same way. Well they so, may they may not. I, I, yeah. you are right. I mean the, 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 there's a point about casting there where mm. it actually makes more sense. Although I wasn't sure at the end whether I wanted Brad Pitt to kill Kevin Spacey because that effectively means Kevin Spacey wins. But anyway. Yeah, but that's what's so clever about the mm. whole thing. That's where that it was exactly what you said earlier, which is is it fritching if it's the desired intent of the villain all along? Maybe it's still an emotion. I'm, I'm, I think that fridging can be damaging, but you need to look at the entire yeah yeah I think I agree structure casting of the film before we can lump them all in together yeah the, the the later film I want to talk about or series of films and I haven't seen all of them um where I thought was another example of this, is Taken. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you obviously have Liam Neeson and, like, you know, a, re- a renaissance in his career. And his daughter is, I've forgotten her name, I want to say Maggie. She was in Lost. And, um, you know, I remember her. And he has his wife in it as well. Famke Janssen is his ex-wife. But she's not really in it much either. But his daughter in the first Taken is uh, abducted by... I want to say Russian, Russian or French, bad Europeans. Algerians, I think they oh, were. Oh, are they? Sorry, yeah. I take it back, they're not even European. Um, they, uh, they, they hang out in Paris, but I think they're okay, Algerians. Okay, fine, sorry, there you go. I just uh, fell for another trope of... Uh, not Non-Americans, even though Liam Neeson is as yes, Irish as they yes. come. But anyway, Non-Westerners would be no, our way. Yeah, okay, fine. Non-Western, non-Western, swarthy skin. Oh my God, they must be baddies because they're not Caucasian. Um, <laughs> uh, who are Algerians, shows what I know. Um take her and potentially for uh indoctrinating her into a prostitution uh, yeah well she's part there's a sexual it's a, it's a, it's a people trafficking ring yeah for, uh, but for sexual oh yeah absolutely she's reasons. being sold into a into a sort of sexual yeah. slavery definitely yeah so and then the whole you know his whole narrative arc is his revenge because of that now, no truly bad things happened to her, as I remember, in Taken. I'm pretty sure I've seen Taken and Taken 2, and I think uh, there's a Taken 3, and I haven't seen that. Uh, I, think she, I remember she's trying same. to escape from them, <laughs> she hides under a bed, and they try and get her, but, but it's the threat. It is the threat yes. of her being raped. None of that actually happened. She gets kidnapped. That I is, think her friend does, though. Um, oh, really? Yes, well, she's with her friend when she's taken, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember whether she's... Re- well, she's certainly... Or killed? ...dosed up with drugs. Oh, I know okay. that. And she yes. is killed, yes. Yes. I, I don't know whether she's raped or not. I can't no. Remember. And there's a potential, mm. yes. But it, it's not her that he's interested in, to be perfectly honest. It is his daughter. But still, nonetheless, two female characters are subjected to horrific experiences. Yes, In yes. order to further the emotional journey and provide a reason for Liam Neeson to make dramatic speeches and go and climb buildings with a gun and then, you know, want to kill all of them in a merciless fashion. Very effectively. People loved Taken, so there's something to be said for the fact that 
is a trope going to change if people enjoy it? And that's men and women. I'll tell you a little story, listeners. I w- came home once to... Uh, I was staying with my parents, and my mum said... I'm watching this brilliant film. It was on TV because she's a bit behind the times. And I said, what is it? And she says, Liam Neeson. And I said, oh, is it Taken? My (laughs) mum absolutely loved Taken. (laughs) So she was like, it's a thriller. It's exciting. It didn't occur to her for a second that there was a fridging incident happening Mm. in it. Yeah, I came home once. My mum was watching Barbed Wire. (laughs) What the hell are you doing? Anyway, we're getting off point here. (laughs) Does it make a difference that she is his daughter, that the relationship is family-based. In terms of what? Whether it's fridging? No. No. No, I think it's because she's his daughter. I think the only positive we can take from it is, oh, look, it wasn't his wife. Mm. Could it have been his son? It could have been his son. Yeah. Yes. Would it have been fridging still? That's where the issue is. Mm. Possibly. However, the point with fridging is that it's always women. So maybe if you start evening out, who the people are who were taken and for what reasons. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm, I don't make a habit of watching films that involve male rape. I know that there are some, but I can tell you I've seen plenty of films that involve abuse of women in oh, order yeah. to further It's not even like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Look at both versions of Straw Dogs, for example. So, and I, don't, I think that's just, that's not even to necessarily further anyone's emotional arc. That's just to make you be depressed and... yeah. Yeah, show rape on screen. Well, there's a few, aren't there? I mean, we talked to the yeah. one about Death Wish as well as a, yes. another example of where. Yeah, that's a terrible fridging. Oh, uh, it is, yeah. and, and and gratuitous in the extreme. Yeah. But I, I, I don't really think honest. Straw Dogs is 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 an example of fridging. It's just a terrible film, like things like Base Moir and and things like that, where there's a uh, actually Base Moir probably has a that has a revenge aspect in it. Uh, well, in a sort of generic Thelma and Louise type yeah. way, yeah. Dare I say it, there's worse than fridging, which is when women are abused on film and there is no discernible change in the emotional arc of the hero stroke anti-hero. Like, at least you can say with Gladiator that you can feel Russell Crowe's pain and understand his journey. It's more worrying when the revenge um, comes on a vigilante side so i do think it is still fridging to answer your question even though she's his daughter it's a possible two Mm. it's a possible tick for two it certainly does provoke him and and again going back to is this the villain that's doing this or the screenwriters definitely what the screenwriters were intending Yeah. yeah yeah and then three it helps him go on his arc because he didn't really want to do any of this and it was whole you know i don't do this anymore kind of thing but he does um, for his daughter. Yes. So, possible fridging, not nice, makes a great action film. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. yeah the I art, quite like that film. Yeah. But, but, but would you have enjoyed it just as much if it had been his son? Um, oh, that is a really, really good question. I, I mean, she, is, she feels more vulnerable to me than a guy would have done in that situation. And I think that adds something to it in that he is a race against time for him because you know ultimately what's coming is she, she is gonna, she's going to be sexually assaulted at some point. So there is a degree of that. But w- the man could w- be sexually yeah, assaulted. Yeah. His son could the, be sexually The question assaulted. is, would you, fe- would you feel that same sense of danger if it was a guy? I mean, yes, I agree. It could be a man and he could be sexually assaulted. But would you still feel that sense of danger? I don't know. It's hard to call. Well, I would... I wonder if you wouldn't, mm. solely based on the fact that 
we have different experiences because of our genders yeah. and because of what we're used to seeing yeah. in the cinema. Mm. But but you're right. It's it's fridging takes advantage of the fact that women are seen as mm. weaker and therefore can be taken away by the stronger evil. Yeah, villain. yeah, yeah. But I do think that if it was a child, or even if it was, she was a teenager, or was allegedly a teenager in it, I think a teenage boy could be sending. If anything, it might be a larger emotional impact. The problem is, is that something like Taken reflects like things that have happened to people, not necessarily the Liam Neeson part of it, but certainly the, um, you know, stealing uh, women from one country and trafficking them to another mm, you know very yeah. rarely happens in the u.s in comparison to um non-western countries but that's that's something that's happening so is it is it good to to illustrate this in a film to kind of bring attention to it possibly the problem with fridging is that it's not the whole story well i, I don't yeah I'm, I'm not sure that also that was the intention of the filmmakers to draw attention to uh, some event that's going on i think they were ultimately just trying to create a bit of an action film more than anything else and would it have been just as good hard to with, say isn't it yeah so that leads me on to two other films so the um, the first one I could think of where when you asked me earlier, are there any examples of this happening with um, a male character being taken or um, yeah. or being killed and then this provoking a yeah. female character? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this because I think the, the answer was obvious. I couldn't really think of any that came to mind. The first <laughs> one I did was a film called The Brave One with Jodie Foster, which I really did not enjoy. But it's where I think she... Her and her husband or fiancé or something get attacked. And I want to say it's on the subway, but again, it's been a long time since I saw her. This film's a long time ago. Um, And he's killed. And then Jodie Foster's character becomes a vigilante trying to help other people and trying to seek revenge. Right. So that is an example right. of reverse fridging, if we're saying fridging is only occurring and, uh, with female characters. And did it have a... A, a similar emotional effect on you, would you say? And well, I remember the Did you the identify film, with her? Look, the difference is, it's a shit film. So, <laughs> okay, ignore that for a sec. Yeah, but, um, but I remember does it, work, it. does it work just as well that way around? It the, worked the again because of Jodie Foster. She right. seems to keep coming up in this conversation because she is an example of a, an actress and now director who always had this eye on women should be taking strong roles. Yeah. Uh, lead roles as well as men and she was ahead of her time and um, it's a shame she's not in more films now really I never understood how people live with fear women afraid to walk home alone people afraid of white powder in their mailbox darkness night people afraid of people believe the fear belonged to other people weaker people never touched me and then it did and when it touches you you know that it's been there all along waiting Um, so I, would it have worked? I think with fridging with women, I think it works with any number of types of male 
hero. Yeah. But I don't know whether the brave one would have been made if it didn't have Jodie Foster as the lead. So it's the lack of those kind of strong, almost action orientated female characters that, that Or suggesting that's the only way you could do it. Yeah. No, I think that you could have a revenge mission that doesn't necessarily have to involve beating people up and shooting people. But again, going back to strength, that there is a feeling that, you know, most women wouldn't be able to do that. Well they can shoot a gun, but can they, you know Liam Neeson's very well, very physically tactical right, action. Okay, I, I dare say that, that that may have been true in the past, but we're not above quite skilled, deadly female characters in films these days. I mean These days it's happening. I'm not entirely sure whether it's happening as a result of a man being killed or raped or tortured or hurt. No, in I, order to, <clears throat> it's I agree. It's normally about a reaction to kind of the patriarchy was, or yeah. men in general. Well, I agree. I agree um, that, that their, their character... Let's fridge all men! The, yeah, their, their, their characters don't tend to flow that particular way. However, I was just thinking, well, okay, so there may have been a time in the past where that, that kind of, you know sort of Bruce Willis diehard kind of role of an ultimate killing machine, whatever it is, fit with a man and only a man. I, I don't know. I, I think these days we're, we're not really in that. I think if you look yeah. at that Marvel Universe and everything else, it's very, very skilled, strong, deadly female characters throughout. So I, I'm not sure, quite sure why you couldn't cast it the other way around. No. I agree. I don't know whether that's necessarily happening, though. I, I, yes, there are more action flicks with women in key roles, uh, but... Is fridging a bad thing or a good thing? Or, uh, you know, how bad is fridging? I'm not entirely sure it's a good thing, but maybe it is a good thing in terms of um, furthering a plot. As a plot device, it's great. Having someone that, you know... Well, it's believable. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, It it sort of works. Because it's the one... You know, I'm I'm a guy, and what's the the one thing if, 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 you know... a girl I know gets hurt. Is it going to piss me off? Yeah, and is it going to leave me? It doesn't have to be a girl. Way? It could be a guy. It could be, but but I don't know. Would it annoy? Me? Oh God, we're going we're going off on a tangent here well, now, aren't we? Yeah. I know, but I think you are making the point, which is there is a certain suggestion that it is worse and therefore more emotionally motivating. If it's a woman, it's an interesting point. As you being a it's heterosexual an, it's man, it's a really interesting point. I, I guess I'd feel more protective about about girls than I would about guys. Yeah, which I think is part of the problem. And while Hollywood and and other cinematic um, uh, countries, film industries, continue to be run primarily by men, mm. they're going to feel most strongly about a plot where something happens to a woman or could happen to a woman to motivate. Because that is the problem with kind of male-centric, heteronormative cinema. So earlier you were saying to me, well, should we just make all the films like Fridging guys and have the the would that solve the problem or or, or making them 50 50 and would that yeah. solve the problem i don't know like i don't particularly want to say yeah hey let's just rape and kill a load of men and see what happens but it would be interesting to see more films where well i think it's a believable plot device isn't it that's the thing so it's the problem with the gender imbalance. It's the problem with the gender imbalance. Yeah. So if you if you do balance the gender but keep the plot device, yeah. are you does that make it okay? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Let's get bang up to date with the last film I want to talk about, which is or films, uh, John Wick. 
and John Wick oh, 2. John Wick. Oh. So, um, ordinarily, when I first wanted to talk about John Wick, I was having a laugh and I thought, oh yeah, this is brilliant. This is the fridging of a puppy. This is what we want to see. Can can um, there be an emotional arc for a character based on the frankly horrible death uh, of a puppy? I think I would. I'm, I like to blame Russia for everything at the hands of Russian mafioso. Thugs. Well, let's be honest here. If there's one thing likely to piss off a human being, it is the death of a puppy. Yes. However, so when I started thinking, oh, yes, we'll talk about this, I realised that the fridging is so clever and strong in John Wick that there's actually a double fridging mm-hmm. because it's not just about the puppy. It's about the fact that John Wick's wife was dying of cancer or leukaemia or some incurable disease. And then he's devastated because of that and wants to get out of the assassin business. Um, and she uh, delivers him after her death a puppy to look after to help him with his grief. Yeah. So actually, it's a double fridging, and there's a woman who literally appears in a couple of photos and some very early scenes. I remember her being very beautiful and looking out on a pier or or something. Yeah. And that's it. But she is so unimportant as a character that I don't remember her name. I barely remember what she looks like. I don't I don't remember what she says, but she does provide the puppy. She does provide the puppy, but I think as a viewer, you are invited to sort of think that he's doing this because of the death of the puppy rather than the fact that his wife gave him the puppy. Although, I, I it, yes, that is the plot device, isn't it? That is the plot yeah, device, isn't let's it? Let's have a look at... Well, hang on. Let's have a look whether it's fridging, okay? So, actually, her... Her death, demise, isn't strictly fridging. No. Because one, yes, she dies and it's horrible to the extent that it's she's young or mm. youngish and therefore shouldn't be dying of something like cancer. And he's obviously stricken by it because, you know, they're married and, and what have you. Two, it's not caused by a villain unless the villain is, you know, cancerous cells. It's not done <laughs> to provoke him. However, if we take the scriptwriter director approach, yes, it is. It is used to provoke him because they're trying to show how upset he is and how he might yeah. behave irrationally. And then three, uh, yes, yeah, so sorry. So the villain is if there's a villain that's causing this, it's the scriptwriter. And three, the emotional arc. Yes, it does. However, would he have become this crazy mafioso killing assassin killing vigilante with just the death of his wife? Of these, uh, under these circumstances. Well, okay, so, so yeah, so the death of the, the, the puppy and, and the wife... Well, should, do you want of, to talk about the puppy? Yeah, I mean, I, I, right, I, I mean, I, I know I was joking before, but actually I do feel so, as a viewer, the death of a puppy on screen is something, of all the things that are going to just piss you off, that that, that right there is going well, to do it. Um, that says it all, that you've decided that the death of a puppy is worse than all those women pu- who've been who, raped Who murdered. does not like puppies? Come on. Um... <laughs> But obviously, the puppy is is a stand-in for his for his dead wife in 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 a, in a way. It, it's it's a it's a funny sort of thing because to go through the plot, obviously, the puppy is killed by by the uh, these Russian uh, whoever they are um, assassins or, or mafia types. 
that, that might as well have been his wife in, in a way. Emotionally, in his head, I think that's the way he's interpreting it, and that's what's causing him to go. Because should we call it a fridge freezing? I, I mean, I actually think it is fridging. I mean, I, I think it, yeah. I, I, th- I think I'm it is. I'm calling it fridge freezing because it is worse than fridging. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all right. It's he, double you, fridging. You don't see his wife die, but but you see the puppy die, and the puppy might as mm-hmm. well be his wife in that in that instance. I think. Well, and also like. Her dying of cancer, like if she had been killed by, yeah, like, you know, raped and murdered by thugs, then that would be fridging the way Jose. But the fact is, is that it's to do with the extra push of the fact that he's going through a bad time. But the puppy... Yeah, like the puppy is like barely like weeks old or something. Yeah. What happened? And, it's and all to do with the stupid car and someone giving him the wrong look at petrol station. The whole thing is like unbelievably contrived. Yeah, very random, very random. But I, you know, if I'm going to be honest with you, I, I do think it's a very good film, John. Wick. So do I. I really enjoyed it. But and I think that um, John Wick Two isn't as good. Oh, nowhere near. And nowhere is near. it because there there isn't any fridging? There's, um, a, there's a puppy. There's a dog. It is. It is, it is quite a, a you know. I I think that those early scenes with the puppy and and him being depressed about his wife are quite emotionally draining. You do you do feel very, feel very sorry for him in in some respects. Yeah, they're they're, they're very they are well shot, mm. and uh, you know it's he is an assassin, which probably would lend itself more to a male character arc. I don't really want to say that because there are there's there's a great female assassin in John Wick who I really like. There are some female characters in it, so it's not like she's the only yeah. character. And I really enjoyed those scenes actually where she's trying to hunt him down in the in the hotel. I thought I'd let myself in. I noticed. Yeah. He well, has nothing in his life that he's ever loved. That's like a common thing. I do think that puppies thing. are cute. I could yes. see, I could see him doing it. was a it. very cute I, I like that idea as a plot device, that he'll actually go on a rampage just for the death of a puppy. I think that's an interesting right. idea. Right, we're going to have to have another podcast in a year's time when we talk about all the fridged animals the fridged and puppies. what we can do about them because that that will definitely be a thing that won't be the only film okay so to conclude we agree that fridging happens absolutely possibly to the detriment of female characters on yes the i think we can agree that yeah is it always a bad thing i don't think always i think it varies case by case I can. I'm not going to mention them now, but I can. I can certainly think in my head of certain instances where I think it was unnecessary, or 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 to go to that extreme, shall we say? Yeah, like Death Wish. Like Death Wish. But that was a long time ago. It was so a long time ago. Deadpool is your more up to date reference. Um, is it always necessary? No. Is it sometimes unnecessary? Yes. That would be yeah. mine. Would, and I agree. I I I think I think sometimes it's. I, I, I'm not sure I'm willing to use the word necessary, but I think that you can have a well-rounded film with some vague fridging yeah. of some denomination, yeah. and it doesn't mean it's a terrible film against women. So, would the film world be a better place if fridging occurred on a more gender neutral or equal basis? I think. I mean, I'd like to see. I'd like to see a few more examples of it. I'd like to see how it works out. Um, I mean, we just you mentioned that that uh, Jodie Foster film. I, I just think you know that was a long time ago. Had, had Liam Neeson been a girl in Taken, would would 
would it not still have been a, a working film? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Give it a few don't, years. Saoirse Ronan can yeah, be in the Take and Reboot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get lots of possible. Jodie Foster, I'm sure, up for it, definitely. <laughs> she can direct um, So I'd love to see more examples and, and see how it plays. But I, I, as with all these things, it, it depends how good the film is. It really does. How, how well is it written? Yeah, but it is possible that we could minimise fridging and it wouldn't minimise enjoyment No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it makes any massive difference, does it? Right. So, let's hope for more yeah. rape and brutal murder of male men, that's, characters. That's the answer. That is the answer to the problem. Yeah. More raping of men. More raping of men, less uh, raping and killing of women and puppies. Yeah. Thanks very much for making it through to the end. And if you have any examples of fridging or would like to speak to us about this or anything else about the podcast, then drop us an email at beyondbeck at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at beyond underscore Beckdale. Please rate and review us where you found this podcast and try not to stuff any women in refrigerators. Let's let John Wick's cool soundtrack play us out. Until next time. Bye. Thanks.